Okay, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a survivor story and edgic podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Daniel. And we are doing this podcast to cover the storylines and the editing of the upcoming season of Survivor. Survivor Ghost Island premiering this Wednesday, February 28th. It'll be seven my time, eight Dan's time. Um, yeah, so and we're just going to get so this, this is going to be our predictions podcast of how we expect people's stories to go. Uh, this is a little bit weird. I don't think I've ever actually seen anything like this. But basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through each castaway and kind of predict if they were the winner, what would they look like, how their storyline might go, who's going to get the growth edit, all that good stuff. Yeah. So sort of a quick introduction to ourselves. We don't want to make it a ton about ourselves, but... We're huge Survivor fans. If we haven't seen every episode, we certainly know what goes on in each season. Um, that being said, we aren't like masters of the edit. We can't predict the winner every single time. We were both pretty staunchly like, Ben is never going to win Ghost, or Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. So we're not perfect. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, neither of us here, like we don't view Edgic as a way to spoil or ruin it's not for cool points or to look cool and brag about always getting it right. It's about a different lens to view the game and edit the edit edgic and stories are a fun way to see and map out how the story is going to go. Sure. And I just love pretty charts. So that gives me an excuse to make a pretty chart. And I love looking uh, at your pretty charts. Yeah, we're both yeah. longtime edgikers, longtime Survivor fans, super Survivor nerds. And this is just a good excuse to uh, like have a weekly thing to... Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to get right into tribes right away, but before that we should probably say, obviously you heard us say that Ben won the last season, so we're not going to shy away from spoilers. Of course with these predictions you're going to hear lots of contestants' names from previous seasons, and you can probably assume that they did well or did something funny, so... Yeah, inherently you... Edgic is based on pattern matching, uh, matching people, matching how things normally go. Edgic at the end of the day is... Manipul like being like deciphering how stories work and survivor just like any scripted tv show or reality show follows a story and the reason edgic works is that you're able to match what protagonists look like what supporting characters look like and all that kind of stuff matches together really well um so inherently we will be mentioning previous seasons yes so if you're just starting watching survivor this is not the podcast for you probably but we'll see you back in, in a year after seasons. you watch every season. So, okay, we are going to get started with the Navidi tribe wearing purple. Um, the first person on that tribe, oh, I guess we should say what we have looked at in preparation for this. I have looked at the cast bios, which are available on CBS's website, and also the YouTube videos. It's about a two-minute introduction for each person, which are on YouTube. So that is my preparation. And on the flip side, I've listened to every single episode of First One Out, um, heard all of Josh Wiggler's interviews with all the people. Um, I've watched a good number of the YouTube videos, and I've been trying to keep up with them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything to kind of get a sense of who they are. Yes. And we should say everything we're looking at is preseason content. So there was no placements determined from the stuff we have looked at. Yeah, we are both staunchly anti-spoiler. 
and uh, we, we want to note very importantly that we view anything Jeff Probst says following the season as a spoiler. Uh, I do not trust Jeff Probst at all to not spoil the season. Um, I feel like multiple times over we've heard, um, like, Jeff Probst massively hyping up Michelle Fitzgerald, for example, preseason after knowing he won. Um, when the show and cast, like, preseason didn't really indicate that Michelle was going to be a big power player. He convert, compares her to Parvati and a bunch of previous winners like Jeremy and... Um, basically it was like, it was a good way for a lot of people to see, hmm, maybe, uh, there's more to Michelle than we would expect. Yes. Or just essentially anytime an alpha male wins a season, Jeff loves it. It's the best season ever. So we do not want Jeff's post recording. The guy just gets too excited. He can't control himself. He has a hungering for the big alpha male winning. Um, and it's just... He has so many patterns that it's easy, way too easy to predict things if you factor him in. And I personally don't like knowing who's going to win early on. Um, For sure. It's just less fun. It disincentivizes you from watching because you're like, I know what's going to happen. It's just like if any major scripted show was spoiled to you. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Um, so, okay. We have prattled on long enough. Let's start with Angela Perkins, the 42-year-old Armory veteran. Um... A self-proclaimed badass. Yeah. Okay. So me personally, um, I don't think Angela has the best shot in the world. I have her on first boot watch. Um, The big red flags I noticed were her family mentioning, even her family not thinking she was going to last past the first vote. Um, She seems like she's going to have a really hard trouble, hard time filtering herself. Um, And so if she does go on to win, I could imagine her getting a very sympathetic story of uh, coming back from the war um, and learning to manage high-stress situations. But I feel like more likely we're going to get kind of a kooky Debbie Ware almost style character. Yeah. Uh, What I wrote about her was that in her bio, her bio is riddled with things that are flaws. Like, she knows she's outspoken. She knows she can't control her face. That's why she compared herself to Michaela Bradshaw, because she was like, I can't control my emotions on my face. So, um, But she knows all of these things. So I think if she does win, part of that could be her saying, I usually do this, but I have to do this in this situation to win. And yes, there would be none of that kookiness, none of that Debbie Wannerness. Um, yeah. I guess theoretically, and- if she were to win a winner, I could kind of see her being kind of akin to, or at least a player she would be akin to is, like, almost like Twyla if she won. Um, hmm. Like, kind of like a hardened, kind of badass older woman who will see... Maybe, like, she'll get kind of like the Sarah Lucina kind of style. Like, I see through what all these people are doing. She'll probably be... Like, if she's going to win, she's probably going to be used as a... Kind of a supporting character to... As a foil to somebody else. I think that's definitely a possibility. I think her veteran status is going to be brought up no matter what. And it will be interesting if she does win, that would be two veteran winners in a row. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they factor around that. Absolutely. Overall, I have a uh, little faith in her uh, long term. <laughs> she <laughs> is the oldest castaway this season. Yes. It is a very young cast. She is only 42, but that does make her the oldest. Uh, the other thing I noted was that if she gets wide variations in like how much content she's getting, I was thinking sort of like, uh, Carolyn Mama C style where she had that really strong episode one 
but then she was completely like not in the picture episode two and I guess that sort of tipped us off that she would not be winning that season so I think that's all I have to say for Angela absolutely so next up is Bradley Clyhege sure if we saw her sorry get a better last name marry someone I don't know (laughs) (laughs) marry marry them and take their last name (laughs) Uh, 26-year-old law student and I believe a super fan yeah, so a big thing he's been <laughs> harping on a lot about is that he was actually in the running for Cambodia or for Kagiyan, and he perhaps jokingly oh. says that Spencer took his spot on that season. Oh. Um, and I think the thing with Spencer is preseason in Kagiyan, he was not very popular with the Survivor crowd. He was very like a, a famous thing is that he pretended to be the biggest Mitt Romney fan in the entire world and tried to play up being like an asshole. Um. Whereas I feel like this guy might be kind of more the real deal. Spencer was more kind of playing it up. I feel like Bradley might actually have this, like, kind of arrogance behind him. Um, And that seems to be very prevalent in how he talks. He very much sees himself as winning. Mm -hmm. Yes. In his bio, he says, I am passionate, competitive, and neurotic like Spencer. And I think if he can acknowledge he's like Spencer but avoid all the flaws that Spencer had... In both of his games, where he was sort of impersonal, not empathetic. And I know Cambodia was like a journey of him becoming empathetic, but still, it's it's learning. He does say he's going to be the empathetic person, but like, I don't know if I believe that from what I've seen. No, absolutely. Like, if he wins, I imagine we're not going to see any of that stuff. Early on in Kagiyan, for example, Spencer was often kind of just shown as very rash and kind of had a temper. Like, during challenges, you you felt for him because he was understandably mad at Jatia and the mess of a brains tribe. But <laughs> ultimately, the, the anger was a sign that Spencer probably wasn't winning that season. He wouldn't be shown out of character. Like, they don't really like winners who are angry and mean. Um, yes. A lot of the time I'm going to be saying this person should not have negativity if they want to win. Which just makes sense. You don't want the villain to win all the time. And that's the thing is, if this guy wins, which I don't think is particularly likely, I do think what we're going to get is a very clean version. He's going to be very, um, maybe a little bit sassy, but ultimately he's going to be talking about loving the game and like kind of like an Adam Klein more than the Spencer. Yes, that does sound accurate. Yeah, my red flags for him were lack of empathy, no personal content, which I don't remember if he had like family stuff or funny stuff that I was picking up on there, but no personal content's a big one for everyone. Um, and negativity, of course. Mm-hmm. So if any of those th- things happen, probably not our winner. I do want to share his, if you could have three things on the island. First, a notebook and a pen. Sounds good there. Second, my retainers, because I've had my braces off for over a decade, but I'm still too scared to try not wearing them. And then finally, a bottle of rum. So <laughs> priorities are in order, but theoretically better than some other people we might get to overall i i can kind of see him being like a early merge boot almost like um i imagine he'll be kind of an interesting character because he's very charismatic in his interviews he seems very like i feel like he will be a production favorite and will get a lot of confessionals mm-hmm. um one thing that's interesting is he is a law student but he's gonna lie and say he's a geography student Oh. Um, so I, I, if he wins, I think there's a chance we get kind of the, like, 
everyone here thinks I'm a geography student, but really I am a law student and I'm so intelligent, but I don't want people to think that I'm a law. I don't want to be associated with the negative connotations of a lawyer, kind of like a to- like Tony and Kagiyan. Yeah, lots of importance put on lying this season. Like I can think of two other people who have talked about lying and then just a lot of people who are like, I have no qualms with lying. So I guess I don't see that as such an important part of the game. Like you do have to be deceptive and just not always fully tell the truth, but I don't think it's outright lies like they're thinking about. Absolutely. Like I think the thing is, is like the more you have to lie about, the more difficult the lies are to keep track of. Yes. Um, fortunately, he apparently did take a lot of geo- like geography classes, so he is quite passionate <laughs> about geography. Um, and he described like he's going to talk for hours about like rocks and stuff. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think there's a chance he wins. Like I think he definitely has some winner equity, but not particularly high up for me. Mm, no, I don't think so. Not someone who is really like makes a mark on me at this point. Okay, next is Chelsea Townsend. She is a 24-year-old EMT slash pro cheerleader. The only one getting the slash there, like, despite so much of this cast having, like, several jobs, but she is the only one who notes both of her jobs. Um, Yeah, she is a pro cheerleader. A lot of her content was about dancing, and it just sort of bounced off me. I think Chelsea feels really generic. Chelsea feels so generic. I remember listening to her interview with Josh Wiggler and almost forgetting it by the end. Um, She will be underestimated, I think, because she is a quasi-super fan. Like, she has watched a lot of it. She compares herself to Parvati. Um, I I do think she has an okay, like, knowledge for the game. I feel like she might be one of those people who is a really capable player, who's completely boring, like, doesn't really add much to the show, but is playing optimally, kind of like a Sierra Don Thomas is the best comparison I can think of, or even Ooh, Par- that is a good one. Or Parvati and Cook Islands, even, like, like a character who will probably be playing optimally, but not really make any big moves, really get much airtime. I could totally see her being kind of like the beta in a, like, a partnership. Definitely, or just a follower of any sort. Uh, I think for her, she definitely needs content immediately and, like, consistently. I think any long stretches of her being under the radar are going to be the death knell for her. Absolutely. Like, for me, on episode one, what I'm going to be looking for for Chelsea is a confessional, like, Michelle Fitzgerald got in Co-Rong at the start, where it's like, all these people look at me as just a pretty girl, but as a bartender, I have experience managing all kinds of different personalities and that's going to be how i use this to win the game if she gets like a complex yes like people expect me to be nothing but just a pretty face but i'm more than that i do think that is super crucial for her winning because i feel like on first impression the audience is gonna have a hard time buying her as a credible winner yes not that i ever saw it in her talking about dancing or anything but i feel like that does open the door for her to be over the top as well so if she it definitely, goes that she definitely way. has some like could definitely go off the kind of deep end like crazy kind of like goofy yes <laughs> goofy character kind of stuff yeah and that's not good either no like if, <laughs> if any of that's shown she's in danger okay is that all we have to say about yeah like Chelsea ultimately Johnson? she's really not that memorable i do my gun to my head i would say she's coming like sixth place with like eight confessionals like yeah very yeah few. i had not 
I had not thought of that Sierra Don Thomas, but I could totally see her being the worlds apart Sierra Don Thomas, where she's playing for the end the right way, but she doesn't make it. And thus the edit is like, I don't care. Absolutely. Or even like an Ashley in the last season where she's like, yeah. probably is doing a lot of things right, but just really isn't going to win. Like, and mm-hmm. I feel like they're never going to, if she's not completely subverting expectations, they're not going to show her that much because yeah. she's going to be hard to build as a real threat. Sure. Okay. So that brings us to Chris Noble, who is everyone's favorite preseason. Um, Really? No. He uh, no. almost okay. universally bashed by all the other castaways. If, um, if you had one guest who, from what I've seen, who I compared Chris to. Nick Mariano. No. It was JP. He is, it is like casting was like, JP is going to be a, a popular personality on Triple H. We need another one of him, so we'll cast Chris. That was the entire impression I got. Oh, I, I strongly disagree with this. Okay. This guy is, I could easily see him being a fan favorite um, legitimately, like in kind of like the goofy, absurdly awful human being kind of fan favorite, like like a Nick Mariano. Okay. I could easily see him hamming it up like crazy for the camera. This guy in his first one out interview basically just talks about getting in a showman's. Um <laughs> He talks about a Mr. Mrs. Smith strategy where he gets a, a pretty girl. He mentions Gonzalez, who we'll get to later, as his dream girl. Um, and, like, he, he apparently tans all the time. He, like, stares at himself in the mirror all the time. He's very much like this, like, narcissist, almost like this absurd symbol of narcissism. Did um, we say that he is a male model? Yes, he is a male model. But that was not his first choice. He took a long and winding pathway to being a male model. I don't remember the exact, like, professions, but there were several. And then he was just like, nope, I'm going to be a male model, so. And, yeah, I I believe he's a former athlete of some sort. Um, So I do imagine he'll do pretty well in the challenges. My personal gut for how he's going to be is so much like Cole Metter's last season. Like, Hmm. I feel like the editors are going to have a lot of fun tearing into this guy because – I think the funniest lines in First One Out were people making fun of Chris Noble. <laughs> he's made a huge impression. He loves Stephanie Gonzalez. Just she, He thinks he's she's into him. He thinks all the girls are into him. And almost universally, they're like, he's disgusting. He seems like the worst kind of guy. Like the kind of guy huh. who knows he's hot, um, but he's not as hot as he thinks he is. Uh, like Just all these, everyone is trashing this guy. And I feel like he has no awareness of that. And I feel like that could lead him to be a very funny character. His three words to describe himself were ambitious, charismatic, and charming. I was, I'm fairly sure charismatic and charming come from the same, like, root word. That so, is like, very true, and I think he's neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> I, think... I know. I have, a, I have another person who I think could be the Cole Metters of this season, but interesting. I get um, that. So, I mean, I think it's extremely unlikely this guy wins. But if he does, he's getting so much family content. Um, a, yeah. A solid, like, fifth of his first one out interview was talked about how much he loves his mom, who has MS. Um, oh, right. I forgot about that point as well. And, like, literally, like, any question he could direct to that topic, he did. Um, yes. I think, I think in his bio, it's like, why are you playing Survivor? It's like, to bring awareness to MS. Yeah. So. He's actually watched more Survivor than I think would it be expected of this kind of character? 
Um, he's nowhere near the other people, but like he knows who Tony is. He knows who Wu is. He's not afraid to lie. Um, he seems to love the idea of a showman, so I don't know if he's seen Millennials vs. Gen X with Figtails, but I feel like he could easily be our Taylor, our Cole, like, just our, like, guy that the editors just rip into. If he wins, mm-hmm. they'll probably ignore all that. I don't know what this guy looks like if he wins. Uh, well, I was under the impression that he was super like JP, so I just essentially said, be everything that JP wasn't. So, like, smart, determined... Not dopey, not talking about himself. Yeah, like, <laughs> he describes his pet peeves as people. Everyone seems to dislike him. They're going to be going in wanting to get rid of him. Hmm. I just, I feel like this guy has one of the lower win equities of anybody. And if he wins, they're just going to, like, the editors are just going to be almost forced to lie about who this person, I think. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're just going to have to make stuff up and, like, how he's using his looks to advance himself i guess i don't even know like unless he wins every challenge or something i i don't even think it's a possibility nope not high on my winner pick yeah as, as of so far the people we've gone through just alphabetically i i guess our uh, winners are i personally think the malolo tribe is a much stronger tribe yes i looked at it and i was like wow all the interesting people are oh, the there, interesting like, smart complex people seem to be but i also love a lot of these people because they're messes yes so and i think a perfect example of that is our next person uh Desiree. okay is the, <laughs> i was gonna be like except for our next person oh i think desiree afuye 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 um seems extremely interesting i can't wait to see her on tv oh for sure She's a 21-year-old student, um, originally from Nigeria. Um, I think she was homeless at one point. Yes, she was. Um, she's watched a good amount of the show, um, but it does seem like like it describes her as a lapsed fan. Um, so I imagine she oh. <laughs> she has definitely seen Kagiyan. She's been watching more in preparation, but she's not like a longtime fan. She's more of like a person who's recently been getting back into it and watched it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like she's she's gonna get a lot of comparisons to people like Michaela. I think that might be fair, um, but I feel like she has more of like this like really negative view of people. Um, I think there's yeah. like, a darker side to her than a Michaela, who's like a very fun, vibrant character. I feel like we're gonna get more of like a very negative, funny, like like almost like a Courtney Yates is what I'm envisioning. Mm. Uh, what I wrote for her is that she could be the Suri that wins, because she, she was a fan of Suri. She does love Suri. And if she stays true to what she's telling us, I could see that. She's obviously way younger than Suri was, but I could see it. I, I would agree needs... if it weren't for the fact that... So in First One Out, Josh Wiggler asks each castaway to like, hey, this guy right here, what do you think about him? What do you think about this girl? Like, Just without their names, just like based on their kind of like read on people and swear to god every single person josh wiggler asked her to talk about she had like a oh that person's gonna backstab you that person is you can't trust that person i can see it right in their eyes like i'm 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 so good at reading people but she didn't say anything really positive about anybody other than wendell um Mm. she basically said that everyone in this game is schemy backstabby which as we mentioned earlier could potentially be more than the average cast but like she just seems to have a very cynical view i feel like this girl's gonna get a bunch of confessionals 
Um, yeah, I could see her potentially being like an alley type, mm-hmm. where she's always getting confessionals, and then you know she's not really Absolutely. winning. I definitely said she should get a subdued edit. Like, yeah, the not, quieter not, she is, the better. I think. Yeah, not like but, the, not invisible, but like if she comes in with like a middle of the road two ish visibility with some complex kind of content, like reading. I, I think the big thing is going to be reading people correctly. If they show yeah. her that and not like this super over the top character, which I think she has upside to be, um, that's yeah. good for her long shot. Over the top, and if it's like too positive as well, because like she was homeless and that's and she got out of it and that's great. But if if the show really leans into that, I think then they're just building her up as a rootable character, but not as a winner. Yeah, exactly. I think the thing is for Desiree, we're gonna have to be on. Um, like, on a watch to make sure that she isn't getting the fan favorite coming back next Returner season. Yeah. I think that's absolutely a trap that we could fall into, very similar to, like, an alley. Like, I think you aptly mentioned, where I do think she has this side where... I think Probst is going to love her. I think the audience is going to love her. The secret, though, is usually the fan favorite doesn't win. Yes. And they have to make them more complex to see more reasonable people. Yeah. I don't think she'll be first boot, though. No, I think I think she's almost a lock for the merge. She hmm. seems athletic. She seems personable enough. It's a big 10-person tribe. Um, I, I, I could see her leaving on a swap, maybe. Oh, yeah. And I could see her easily being, like, the commanding attention people want to target with the, who they view as the head of the other tribe. Possibly. She is only 21. And I know it's the young cast, but I don't know if people will see her as a leader. That's true. I, I, I mean, I'm thinking more like a Michaela way where people are like, oh, sure. kind of amazed. A figurehead. Yes, like a figurehead, exactly. Not the actual leader. And also, again, on this tribe, I feel like there's kind of like a, I feel like there's less charismatic, reasonable people on this tribe. So I could actually see her kind of gathering control of this tribe. Sure. Um, yeah, if she wins, she'll be shown like, honestly, like Sari. But if she doesn't, she'll be shown much more fun. Yeah. The more fun she is, the less likely she is to win, and vice versa. I think it's definitely positive. I think she oh, could yeah. be fun and win, and that would make the viewers happy. But if it's, like, positive, lots of, lots of focus on her life story, mm-hmm. I think that's where it gets dangerous. Um, I think the best example of this, like, um, kind of messy tribe is our next uh, castaway, <laughs> uh, Dominic Abati. Yep. He's a 38-year-old construction worker from Long Island, um, and he describes himself as wanting to play like a Tony. Tony. Yeah. And he's actually a construction say, worker. Um, they've never, never had an archetype like this on the show before. Never. Yeah, no, like, this guy is absolutely, <laughs> you can see just the casting methodology of, like, Joe's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. I can't believe we somehow found a way to find, like, apparently there's just a crew of Tony impersonators in like the eastern united states like um because like he's from correct me if i'm wrong long island is in new york correct yes that is correct yeah, yeah. so he's like a new yorker construction worker he kind of sounds like tony he doesn't really he's like tony if he had hair like <laughs> it's and the worst part is other castaways already preseason are mentioning that he reminds them of tony it's such a it's such a weird period the show is in where there's always going to be the Tony, and then people expect things out of them. I think even because I get the feeling that Dominic definitely realizes that he is the Tony, yes. but he 
he seems a lot more positive, a lot more like more reasonable. Yes. And so I think he's less Tony like than he thinks he is. Yes. Um, I would say if he wins, he's not going to be shown like Tony. He's going to be no. shown like a Jeremy or like a, I honestly see like a Mike Holloway. Um, uh, possibly Mike Holloway is such a weird case though. Yeah. Like so. Mike Holloway is very different. Like, but like kind of like a alpha male. Yeah. Or honestly kind of like, uh, if he does anything crazy, the important thing is that he gets to comment on it. Um, and give his side of like the ridiculous behavior he's exhibiting. Like Tony gets to explain his spy shack beforehand. He gets to mm-hmm. explain that he's lying about being a cop so that um, people don't associate him with this way. Every single thing he gets to do is justified in Kageon. And that's how they have to present the winner because they don't want you to see... They don't want someone who seems like an impossibility to win. Like, even someone who played such a anom- like a, a game that was such an anomaly in Tony is shown more reasonable than he would have been if he didn't win. Yeah, because if you go back... All the way to the beginning, they tried to do that with a girl named Jenna Maraska, and then everyone hated it. So yes. now they put a lot of reason into why their winner is winning. Yeah, um, is I a wrote fantastic boulder. <laughs> I wrote that um, he'll, we'll have to see him not like misread socializations and dynamics, which I think sort of leads into what you were saying. Um, Joe in the last season definitely did not do this. And I think even maybe more on the on the point for this guy, I feel like the more he's like Alan Ball, the worse he's gonna do. <laughs> um, yes. The more it's like there's emphasis on him doing things wrong, like misreading people, overreacting. Yes. Is the big thing. Tony was never shown as overreacting. He was shown as reacting to the most, the lowest level where things would be unreasonable. Mm-hmm. And like we mentioned, a lot of like. He's very devoted to his family, so I think we'll see lots of mentions of the family and how that leads into his crazy schemes. The more I think he about did... it, honestly, I could see him playing like a Boston Rob style game. Um, I think he could be a lot more like Boston Rob than people are maybe pegging right now. Mm. Um, I could see him kind of becoming a leader. I could also see him being bossy and annoying people. Yeah. He did say in his bio video that He's going to try new things, like how no one had ever stolen a parchment at Tribal Council. And that's very exciting, but it's definitely how does it play out. Especially on a season like Ghost Island. Yeah, that reminds me so much of, like, Spy Bunker. Um, yeah. This guy might be my pick for who's going to have the most confessionals in episode. That's true. Like, the, that's a good pick. the smaller this guy is in the game, the more content he's going to get. Because mm-hmm. they're, like, you can tell he's in so much, like, preseason, uh, like, the ads, everything, like... Like, th- there's a lot of attention and hype behind this guy. And that's true. Yes. I feel like, I don't think this says anything about his long-term viability either way. I just think it means they love him. Um, yep. And so it's like, I imagine he's going to be all over the place. Yes. Speaking of people who are going to be all over the place, or maybe not, Kellen, who I do not have the last name on me. Bechtold. Kellen Bechtold, um, 31-year-old career counselor. Um, in her bio, I believe, she said she wants to be a mix of Kelly Wentworth and Aubrey Bracco, two players who have not won. So I wrote that, like, if she wins, which I think is more likely than maybe anyone we've covered so far. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it will play on the strengths of those two players, like, but 
downplay those flaws. So before the season started, Jeff Probst listed Kellen as the second most likely to win. Um, I think that's not a bad guess. She describes, like, empathy is my superpower. She reminds me a lot of Kim. Yes. And I think that's very possible. Like, a more quiet, bubbly Kim. Yes. She is definitely very quirky. Yes. And that's the thing. So if she wins, we're not seeing that quirky side. Uh, I think we might see bits of it. Like, well, like not... yeah. Like, she's not going to be... Because I feel like she has, si- like, the possibility to be, like, a total goofy character. Mm-hmm. Or a total game bot strategy mastermind. Yeah, I definitely like her. Um, my my red flags for her are the alley edit. I think if we see her get constant high visibility, like complex content, that's not the greatest for her. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, trap she could absolutely fall. And I've, some red flags I see are like. Um, the more kind of, like, nerdy I think they edit her, the less likely she is to win. Um, because she definitely has that super kind of nerdy side. She is a Survivor super-duper fan. Mm-hmm. Um, she listens to Rob Hyland's podcast. She knew who Josh Wiggler was immediately. My only fear for her is that, like, they could edit her kind of like a Hannah. Yes. The dreaded Hannah. Um, or, like... I'm just so happy to be here. Survivor's my dream. If she gets, like, she could get a journey edit. She could get a bunch of things that generally don't tie to the winner. Yeah. Yep. I'm very excited to see. I feel like the first episode will tell a lot about where she's going. Absolutely. Because I also think, despite her being the most likely, I think, of the people we've talked about to win, I also think she might be the most likely to be, like, a first boot. Uh, I don't see her as a first boot. Not first, but I I could see her being pre-merge, to be honest. Like, I could see her absolutely, like... Everyone was so high on Rourke last season. She seemed competent and aware and really ready to play the game. She knows the game. And then... Yeah. As two people who fell into the Rourke trap. Oh, we have to. We have to know, like, not just a confessional that's excited for the tribe, but, like, actual content pertaining to her. Like, yeah, say her name. Yeah, we need to know who this person is in the first episode. <laughs> like, yeah. We need to know that she is more than just a goofy cheerleader like like bubbly ant type you know what i mean like yeah like she kind of comes off like everybody's kooky ant and that i feel like they will try to get away from that <laughs> fast yeah i don't even know like like i can't i don't really think she'll get like any sort of like people think i'm this way but i'm not but i feel like they'll show her having some game sense as early oh, on as sure. possible yeah yep i think that's all i have for kellen yeah same here so that next is up is morgan ricky uh, she's the marine animal. She's the killer whale. Um, trainer. Killer whale trainer. trainer. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, loud voice. Super loud. Like, like this girl will have a competition with, like, Adam Klein for loudest confessionalist ever, probably. <laughs> oh. Um, she also wants to be a Kelly Wentworth. Yep. But. I, I feel I, like that's a call. I feel like Kelly Wentworth might be the new poverty. Um, yeah. It's so weird to see everyone want to be. Someone who... Was invisible in the first season. And got fourth in their second. And was kind of playing like a losing game merge onward. Yeah, I mean, if she won the last challenge, but I get but it. She was the fan That's favorite. never a game you want to be in. But I don't really think Morgan is much of a Wentworth. No, no, I could not. <laughs> like, I think this is a terrible comparison. I Yeah. Like, she is so much more likely to be like a leader type. 
I, I cannot see this girl sitting in the background at all. Yes. Um, she's either going to be a leader in a good way and, like, really kind of control things. Uh, she seems to have, like, a good mind for the game. Uh, I think we'll be – like, if she wins, she's going to be shown doing a lot that first episode, I think. Like, mixing it up with a lot of people, maybe forming an alliance. Definitely. Like a duo or something. On socialization. Yes. Um, I know I mentioned that Kellen could be, like, a Kim Spradlin, but I feel like the most Kim Spradlin-y kind of person is Morgan. Mm. At least has the upside to be. I feel like if she plays a really good dominating win game, I feel like she'll be edited a lot like him. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, And that's Uh. kind of the only game I can see her playing. Like, I really don't think she's going to be, like, underdog, badass, like Kelly Wentworth. She's so much more, like... Honestly, like a boring Paganger, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I think if she gets in too much of like an overdog position, where it's very, very explicit that she is the big threat, which what a strange season that will be. But yelling at everybody if, really loudly. <laughs> but if that's the case, I think it's probably more likely that she doesn't Bennett than rather is the Ben. So. No, absolutely. Um. And that's the thing is I just like, I think Kim is like the best winner of all time. And I said that she's the most like Kim. That does not mean she's anywhere near the top of my winner board. Um, (laughs) I still put Kellen above her. um, Despite, I think her being more Kim like, I think Kim is just the best Kim in the world. And And I think Kim benefits from the circumstances of one world Mm -hmm. that we may or may not see. That's definitely a point I want to touch on is, how the girls sort of are but like yeah it definitely relies on her being able to get a group together and that group yes sticking to her like she definitely seems like a girl power like like i could see like a girl alliance coming from this kind like her kind of playbook um that's kind of how i picture her first episode going is like i could see her and kellen being good friends yeah like if they're gonna go far they're gonna be shown together i think Mm mm-hmm Sort of the Kim Sabrina. Exactly. But it's the Morgan Kellen. And I mean, she trains fish, and the next one on our board is uh, Sebastian Noel, them. who uh, seems to just be like a fish. He's a professional fish. professional fisherman. He loves swimming. Uh, <laughs> lo- uh, do you have anything from first one out that would make me change my mind on what Sebastian is? Describe to me what you think he is. <sighs> I have written kind of out there. Uh, Winner edit will rely on like the Aussie type where it's survivor skills, physical ability, and like his own like personal positivity. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> this guy, he's at least watched the show. He watches the show quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows most of the winners. He like makes reference to multiple players. Um, but ultimately, he does not seem to have a good mind for the game. He describes wanting to work people work with people who find him physically attractive. Huh. Um, because then they'll have something more than just emotions to work with him. Just, to me, it sounds bonkers. Um, yeah, I felt like a lot of his answers to the questions in the bio just weren't related to the game at all. Yes. It was very, like, positive person, like, relying on, like, survival skills and all that. Not any sort of hint towards a strategic game or anything. Absolutely. Like, I feel like the more, like, if he wins, he's going to be shown kind of like a Devin, I think. 
where they're that, like, yeah. like, he's smarter than he looks, and he, like, is using that to his advantage, and kind of, like, these, like, long shots of him, like, swimming and hunting and, like, being zen. Like, I think Devin had a credible winner's edit, at least until around the last episode. Um, and I feel like Sebastian has the possibility to um, mold into that kind of thing if he wins. Uh, I I think this is the, the kind of castaway that I would be fine if they never cast again. Yeah. Like, maybe a hot take, <laughs> but, like... I think originally I wrote, can this person win? Which... It's not a mindset I like to have. I like to think there's a path for everyone to win, but... I can't see people yeah. voting for this guy even if he gets there. Yeah. Like, to be I honest. I think an important thing is sort of the Fabio tip-off, where yes. in those early episodes we saw Fabio saying what he was doing and why he was doing it. If we don't get that, he's not winning. Absolutely. Like, if, like, Ozzy can't win, like, an Ozzy type can't win unless the show justifies them as more than Ozzy. Like, hmm. <laughs> or aware that he's only being, like, people think he's dumb. Like, I feel like he can win the more it trashes him, like, the edit trashes him, but then he's aware of it. Like, really, unless he's a Fabio, I don't think he's winning. Yeah. And I feel like you it almost will be point for point Fabio, but with more survival skills. Yes. And yeah, like, <laughs> really, yo, I, I can't even see many people wanting to work with him that much. He's like one yeah, of those people who seems like was a lock for getting cast season 16, season 15. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. <laughs> why is he on modern survivor? Yes. He'll have to justify that to the cameras, to the audience. Yep. So next up is Wendell Holland. Um, and this guy is awesome. I really okay. think he is a wonderful candidate to win. Um, he knows the game so well. He is a, a furniture company owner. He's 33. He's a little bit older than most of them. Uh, but he's a former law student. Um, he went to law at Penn State, but left to pursue his passion of building furniture. Um, this is a guy who I really think it's possible that he wins. I feel like his winner edit just is easy to see. He loves his family. He is passionate about the things he's passionate about, and unashamedly so. Um, he loves Jeremy Collins. Like I feel like he could so easy lump into the Jeremy Collins in either season. Hmm. Uh... My worry with yeah. him is he loves Russell Hance. <laughs> oh. And seems to uh, be very much on the side that Russell Hance would have won in Modern Survivor. Huh. And the more he's like Russell Hance, the less likely I think he is to win. Um, See, I think there is a ton that you got from first one out that I did not get at all. I, The impression I got from him was that he doesn't really care about strategy. Honestly, then, in my opinion, the more he's like what you see... I think he has that side. And I think yeah. he also has the side that wants to just, like, can't sit still. Hmm. And if we are shown on episode one a Wendell who is calm, cool, collective, uh, as Rodney would say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, someone who's chill and just caring about the social relationships and laying back. I think you could easy put him on the top of the winning bo winner board. Yes. Because he is so charismatic. He's so social. He is Jeff Probst's winner pick um preseason like they buy into him a lot um he talks a lot about kind of chilling back early game and like the more we're shown him laying down in a hammock and people coming to him like jeremy like sheriff sierra exactly like <laughs> exactly like he's someone who 
the quieter he is, the better. Like, honestly, I would say the fewer confessionals he gets in episode one, the higher on his my board he is. I get the impression that he at least needs something. Like, yeah, he, he can't be invisible, obviously. Content. I think he can very easily fall into, like, an under-the-radar number position. Mm-hmm. That's the impression I got, but everything you're saying seems to go contrary to that. So, But I also agree that if he's negative, if he does have Hansian tendency, tendencies, probably, well, probably not our winner pick anyway, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, that's the thing, is, like, with Wendell, I feel like if he is, I think he could actually get away, like, say he doesn't, only gets one confessional or two confessionals and neither one are particularly memorable, I would still consider having him as a viable winner, similar to, like, Tyson Blood vs. Water, because he is sure. such a big personality that he can get the audience, like, they don't, they won't have to do much to justify Wendell as the winner. Yeah. Because I feel like he just comes off as the winner, very similar to Jeremy in Cambodia, where he doesn't really get his footing in the edit until, like, episode six, where that's where he really gets the, like, oh, yeah, I care about my meat shields and... Like, I want, like, Savage is good because he's going to be a meat shield for me. Like, episode, it wasn't until episode six where Jeremy started getting the over-in-your-face kind of content. I think that's yep. super possible for Wendell, too. Uh, I, I guess I agree. Uh, a lot of what you said from first one out makes sense, and yeah. Sweet. Um, now we are on to the Malolo tribe. Which I think is a, such a better tribe. Like, I really think... If Wendell was on this tribe, I would have a lot more faith in him being our winner. Um, <laughs> they seem more athletic. They seem smarter. They seem more complex. Mm-hmm. So we kick it off with the second oldest, the oldest man, Brendan. He's a 41-year-old physical education teacher. Survivor super duper fan. He is a super fan. He was almost cast on Survivor the Amazon, which was Whoa, Survivor 6. He would have been like... Only 26 then? Yeah. Who do you think he would have replaced? Um, Probably just one of the dumb guys. <laughs> and but, probably would have been better. So this guy had a kid and a wife when he was 25, um, which isn't particularly notable. But, <laughs> I mean, I imagine you can see why he wasn't cast on the Amazon. Because yeah. they wanted the bun- group of, like, rowdy bachelors. Yeah. And he wasn't that. Um, He said a really good line that I loved. That was like, when I didn't get cast that day, I went back and I told my wife, one day, I don't, I'm not even worried, I'm going to apply every year, but one day, when I'm older, I'm going to mold into my archetype and I'm going to win Survivor when I'm like 40. Hmm. And now he actually got cast on the show as a 41-year-old. Um, obviously, we don't 100% know if that, what he just, that little story he said was true, but uh, like to me, he seems like, like such a viable winner. Yeah, definitely. No, I feel like this is a guy who, no matter what happens in the first episode, will be an Edric favorite. Uh, I mean, there are definite things. Yeah, like, he could be super bossy. That, or, like, if he's just not there at all. Yes. Just, like, immediate stuff. Which, like, there's, like, Wendell. He could be under the radar, and we'd still consider him. I, if Brendan is under the radar, episode one, it's just really unlikely. I agree. Like, it's like, this guy is going to be hard to ignore, I think. Yeah. He has such a good mind for the game. When he articulates how he wrote like a like a thank you for to Jeremy Collins of how to like th- like thank you for laying the blueprint for how older <laughs> bigger guys like me will play. Mm. Like he seems to have such a good knowledge of the game and not just like knowledge but wisdom and a, 
genuine understanding of how social relationships work. Um, he just he is my winner pick for what it's worth. Uh, like I can't imagine him leaving pre-merge because he's no. super athletic. He's the second if, oldest, but he's only forty-one. That's if, not even yeah, close to that's the not even old. Yeah, not anymore. even close. He feels like a Marcus. Yes, but I don't think he'll get like screwed over like Marcus did, mm-hmm. which means he'll probably go on to the win. I think begrudgingly he would be my winner pick. And he just feels not that interesting. Oh yeah, if this guy wins, this is a boring fucking season. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do think diff- contrarily to like a Morgan, like I do think he could play from the bottom. He could like, like he could win challenges. Like he just seems like so well rounded that like yes, I could see him winning in a lot of different ways. But the most likely is like a Boston Rob style domination. <laughs> like he like. He likens himself to Tom Westman, and I think that's also a really good blueprint. I think he is possibly the most like Tom Westman castaway since Tom Weston. T- Tom and Westman. I always think of Tom Westman as this like older man, but he was forty when he played Palau, yep. so like Brendan's actually older, and that's weird. And like, yeah, in think... a cast full of so many young people, a guy who's a dad of like a relatively older child, he's a his ed teacher um he actually was like he sold a pretty valuable company and then decided to be a teacher because he loved teaching like the passion for education not like yeah could only find a gym teaching job it was like he's wealthy and loves teaching um, yeah i think even if he's acknowledged as a threat like it might not even mean anything like he could so easily just be like like Last season, we missed the mark when it was like, Ben is too obviously the winner to be the winner. Especially now that there is the Final Four challenge. Yes, like, this guy, if he's leaving, he's leaving in kind of like the Aussie spot. Like, this guy's just too good, sorry. He's he's the best of humanity almost, like. Yeah, if he's leaving, it's some bizarre, like, the five girls come together and, like, we need to get out this strong man. Yeah, unless and he's, he's, like, the coming worst. from a mile away. Like, unless he gets really hangry or, like, yeah. medevaced. <laughs> this guy isn't <laughs> And then he's, like, merge. the most positive person we've ever seen. We'll come back for so many seasons after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I feel like this guy is a lock to return. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Um. In some capacity, whether he's like a first boot, he'll be like the one that spurs a first boot season. Yes, yes. Because how be like, dare we need, we need him to win? Uh, Destiny was wrong. Ghost Island screwed us. <laughs> I do think he's a contender to get idled out, like from weird Ghost Island shenanigans. Sure. So the more I feel like, the more he's like Malcolm in Game Changers, where it's like so in your face almost as a winner candidate, but like with like this little bit of like things seem a little bit off, like. Like yeah. Doomsday seems in the future. I feel like I feel like there's a good chance they implement a twist that screws Brendan that they never use again. Yep. Like I feel like he's gonna be a Jeff Probst favorite. I could see him being called Shapiro. Oh yeah. I think is this the person I know I added in my notes, but I'm pretty sure I said someone Jeff loves him. Like not knowing anything, but this is the person Jeff loves. Yeah. If like Again, we mentioned that we're not going to look at what Jeff Probst thinks about the season, but if this is Jeff Probst's favorite season of all time, this guy's probably the winner. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, 
Okay. And I think I the think... big thing, I could totally see him doing something like a, where Jeremy plays the idol on Fishback. Like, I do think he he has the Tom Westman with a new school attitude. Um, so I do think he could play dynamic, strong gameplay too. Like crazy. I think yeah. he could play like a crazy good game or just like a boring Pekong game and do well in either. Yep. Uh, so next up is Donathan Hurley. He's a 26 year old caretaker and longtime super fan. What is the caretaker? Like, it's like a, like a nanny, I think. I, I, I guess so. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, I think, Donathan has a lot of factors that, like, could make him a caricature real quick. Yes. Like, he is gay, not to make that, like, sound like all all gay people are caricatures, but, like, he has a voice that is very distinct. He's Southern. Um, He talks about how he's lived under the poverty line his whole life. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of doors there that could lead to... He's going to have a lot of content, I think. Like, if he's not the winner, I imagine he's going to get, like, a Keith Nail edit. Like goofy everyone loves him yes has some if he if he makes it that far the three people i wrote that he could be and it's like going in different directions is a colton a dreams or a patrick like whoa you must get a different so one thing for colton he did say he hate colton is is his least favorite survivor of all time Mm -hmm. um because he damaged the idea of the southern gay and like like he really had a lot of problems with Colton. Um, I don't think this guy's winning. Like, no. I don't know how you let this guy near the end. Uh, I feel like audiences are going to love him. Uh, I'm trying to think of people who he could be like. Like, Patrick might not be a bad guess. <laughs> Patrick from Triple H. Um, yes. He's really a, kind of an enigma. Like, he knows the game super well. But I also yeah. don't have much faith in his game ability, if that makes no. any sense. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, but I just think his path is going to be, like, toned down. Like, he's going to shine through. That's just how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to spill into any one of those things or several of those things. Yeah, I would say, he like, he has some first boot potential. Um, I could see him rubbing people the wrong way. I think he has, like, Bryce Isaiah uh, oh, or Bryce Johnson uh, kind of downside. Like, I think... He could easily just be a fan favorite who's on every Rob Has a Podcast podcast for the next 50 years. And everyone <laughs> loves him that time and they wish he comes back. But he just gets voted out first for being way too much. Um, I think it's super possible. If he wins, I don't even know what he looks like. I feel like he's a new archetype. Yeah. Or just very subdued. Maybe an, I think I wrote Aris for him. Oh, that's possible. Like, yeah, if he wins, he's going to have to be really boring, I think. Or he's against goats or something like like either he gets kind of like a he's against somebody like a russell hance who everyone hates yeah and so it's all like or like a michelle even like they're gonna have to like subdue his quirkiness big time and it's more like his charmingness yeah i just can't imagine this guy being calm yep and i i just can't imagine like definitely not a unanimous vote or no yeah like if he's winning i feel like he's ranking with bob Near the bottom. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do feel like he's the kind of super fan who I think that often people speculate about. Of, like, the super fan who gets super excited and can't... Uh, in shock that they're there and they're nerding out about Jeff Probst. But then can't actually handle the game very well. So, maybe some Hannah there? Definitely or... some Hannah. Hannah might be his best look. 
<laughs> I could easily see him as a final, like a losing finalist. For sure. Especially if he makes the merge. He doesn't seem particularly athletic, so I do think he could be early pre I don't know. He was doing like, Twirls. what do you call those? Hand turns and yeah, all that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, he and like... I can't do that, so. <laughs> and I actually think position, uh, alphabetical wise, this next person actually ties super well into Donathan. Really? Uh, yeah, Jacob Dur- Assuming. Oh, you are... We're skipping Gonzalez. Yeah, we'll skip. She we'll is. skip Gonzalez because I do think Jacob okay. Derwin is such a good okay. analog to Donovan. So yeah, it's it's very interesting that they're on the same tribe. Absolutely, these guys are going to be good friends. I think. Yeah. So Jacob Derwin is a 22 year old music teacher who wrote for Inside Survivor, which is pretty cool. Um, ah, I did not know that. Yeah, he runs a weekly, the next time on Survivor, Inside Survivor week weekly huh. blog, like. It's crazy that this guy's on the show at all. Like, like Inside Survivor's known for spoiling seasons, and, <laughs> like, I'm shocked Jeff Probst let this guy on the show. They said they liked him so much, and that was a negative. Like, that hurt him big time as getting cast, but they liked him so much that he got cast anyway. Huh. Um, to me, this is if Donathan was the winner. <laughs> He's going to be like Jacob. Because um, Jacob seems to have that, like, passion for the game. But also, like, this laid-back ability and, like, a better understanding, I think, of the game. He might not know as many facts, yeah. but he is more calm. Yep. I think, I feel like he can fall into a growth story real quick if he Easy. does fall on, on the outs right away. Yeah, like, the like, things... Like, say if, like, him and Jake, or him and Donathan are on the outs and Donathan goes home. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see him patching it back up and not winning at the end, but... Yeah, I think we have to watch out for that. A couple winners, or not winners, but players I could see him being similar to are, like, David Wright, if he makes it really far. Like, the growth, like, the... Like, I definitely think he is a prime growth edit contender, and that means he's not winning. Um, I do think he could also be, like, a Zeke. Yep, I have Zeke easy, written down. Like, so easy a Zeke. Um, I could see him being making big moves. I could see him winning. Um, for sure. I feel like of the super, super fans... Like the kind of like, he's one of the more capable ones we've gotten in a long time. Pre looking at him preseason, he's yep. probably not going to be incredible at the challenges. But no, I wrote if he wins, he's probably like Cochran. Yes, no, we're gonna, he's going to be so funny if he wins. Like, like yeah. Cochran and Caramon especially, where he's just he's making jokes and puns and laughing. Almost yeah. Ryan like deprecating. Yeah, like honestly, Ryan in the preseason of Triple H. Yeah, I think he is the person I wrote for that. He can't fall into the Ryan. Like, he can't be Ryan. Uh, he could definitely have, the. I think, the positives of Ryan, not necessarily the negatives. Uh, yep. The more goofy he's shown, like, goofy rather than self-deprecating is his danger zone, I think. Yes. He gets a lot of comparisons to Fozzie Bear, <laughs> which uh, is not good for him, I don't think. Yeah. Like, likable, but also reasonable. Like, he can't just be a fun character. We should also see some, like, what he's doing in the game. If this guy wins, I think his first episode will be a lot like Ryan's last season. Yeah. Like, they're not... If, if this guy wins, they're going to love him. He's going to be all over the place. Occasionally gives a funny line. Irrelevant character. Yeah, and I think that could be tricky because in Millennials versus Gen X, Zeke was very much that character who was getting a lot of content, but then mm-hmm. he ended up not winning. So he is definitely someone to, like, keep an eye out for, like, nuance and... Absolutely. Oh, He's going to be an edgic trap, 100%, mm-hmm. because he just, like, 
the cameras are going to love him almost no matter what. There is the possibility I think he just gets kind of ignored, but yeah, there's also, and then, well, also the possibility he's just over the top the entire season and wins, or over the top of the entire season and gets blindsided, or yes. like all kinds of things. The more he's aware that his goofiness is helpful, like a Rob Sesternino confessional where it's like, people love my jokes because this island gets really boring, and the more you can make people laugh, the more they'll want to work with you. Yep. If he gets that kind of content, he'll be in good graces, I think. Um, and Ryan got that at times. So definitely... There was also a lot of flaws. Exactly. And they were very visible. And I feel like with that this kind of character, it's easy to tell when they're not going to win. Um, him a little bit less so than Ryan because he doesn't have that arrogant side. Yeah. I don't think. Obviously, he, if he gets any like ridiculous negatives, which like I feel like it's very easy for them to just edit this guy positively throughout no matter where he places but like yeah if there's any hint of negativity i think he's turning into a villain somehow like if there happens to be like an axis of evil like worlds apart mm-hmm. if he's one of the lackeys in there and we're not getting reasons for why he's doing that no but i mean that's pretty niche yeah so like we'll i think we're, i think it's just he's gonna be an edge trap it's gonna be really hard to figure out if he's a winner if he's a goofy character <laughs> he's just gonna be hard to tell Mm-hmm. The more we'll ga- the more of... game body, he, the more complex he is, the better. But like, he could also be like Ryan and just be complex like the entire season, and yeah, not be a viable winner. Lots of interesting conversations if yeah, he makes he's it. He's gonna be the one that gives us and all kinds of other people lots to talk about every week. I feel yeah. Like. Okay, are we flashing back to Gonzalez? Um, sure. Okay, so Gonzalez, who we skipped because she is Stephanie Gonzalez. And she's going by Gonzalez. She is going by Gonzalez, because there is another Stephanie, who we will get to much later. Um, But she is 26 years old. She's in graphic sales. She is a hard one to read. Definitely. Um, She seems capable, like very, very capable. Um, But I could also see her being like a Monica Padilla and just has some backbone and a little snarky and fun. But that's it. Or Haley Ford or like, yep, just there's so many. I, I can't get a read of who this person is, honestly. Um, she's like a horse graphics designer or something like. Oh, it's weird. Um, yep. A lot of her, her bio and her video were about how she was from Puerto Rico. She didn't speak any English. And then when she was learning English, she continued to just not speak. Mm-hmm. Um. But it wasn't it wasn't really anything related to Survivor. Um, she's very funny, like she's very very kind of like goofy sounding and a little bit harsh and a little bit like yeah, a little bit sassy. But at the same time, it's so hard to tell what her confessionals are gonna be like. Yep, she's the biggest I think enigma for me is like I don't know if she's gonna be a quiet character, if she's gonna be a loud character. Um, yeah, there's just so many questions I have of like how she's going to play this game. She doesn't seem to have very much knowledge of Survivor. She says she wants to play like a combination of Tony, Wigglesworth, Brenda, and Sandra, which would imply a big mm-hmm. knowledge of Survivor. But those are also big characters from all their seasons. So, and it's a very it's a very weird group to pick. Mm-hmm. Like cuz Tony and Sandra are kind of polar opposites. They're both loud though. Like I feel That's like that true. might be the thing where like, I could easily see her having, like, a, I can get loud, too. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like she could easily be, like, a Sandra. And she could easily be, like, invisible. She could be... Yeah. I feel like the amount... What she's going to be shown as is going to depend on how well she does. Honestly, I think the more... 
aggressive she is, the further she's going. I, I was thinking about, she says Wigglesworth and Brenda. I'm wondering which season she's referring to. Because, like, they're very similar in Caramelin and Cambodia, where they're super under-edited characters. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if she just is the type of person who might associate herself with someone like that. That's very possible. Like, and, like, with the exception of Wigglesworth, all those comparisons are people who had some sort of big blow-up at some point, right? Like, yeah. Tony, I'm picturing the llama moment, like, and then I'm picturing, yep. I can get loud too, and then I'm picturing, like, take your teeth out, Don. Like, yes. all of these have, like, really negative sides. Except for Wigglesworth, which... That's just an odd choice. It's, a, it's an odd <laughs> choice. I feel like there is a chance she's just invisible and then has, like, one moment. Um, yep. Yeah. I would say if she's under the radar, I mean, that's a killer for anyone, but... Especially her. Yeah. Like if, and if she... She can also fall into that alley trap where she's just constantly... So. Compl- you like, don't... I really don't. Like, I feel like if she's ignored, she's just going to be ignored. I feel like she has much more, like, Ashley possibility, which is, like... That's true. She'll have her one moment somewhere down the line. Um, and she'll... I could totally see her giving confessionals and us forgetting them or us, or giving confessionals and us laughing and loving her. Um, oh, yeah. She's one of my favorites, like, right now. She's great. Like, she she really does seem like she could be very great. But she could also, like, I, she's one of those people who I have in first boot possibility. Uh, I think I do as well. We'll get there, of course. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, like, that's Yeah, really I know I do because, because I think I had it as Stephanie versus Stephanie yep. for that. Yep. So, okay. So is that all we have on yeah. Gonzalez? So next is James Lemon. He is super interesting. Uh, so he's a 24-year-old financial analyst. Uh, and the big thing for him is he's apparently the smartest player to ever play Survivor. Highest mm. IQ. Even smarter than Heidi. Even smarter than Heidi. And Chrissy, even. And Randy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Randy. <laughs> uh, so for me, this guy is a prime candidate to either be ignored, I think he is either the JP of this season or the Spencer Bledsoe of this season. Um, he's either getting the growth, learning to feel like a robot turning human, like touching story of this man trying to learn how people communicate. And because he is so robotic, everyone describes yeah. him as robotic. He describes himself as robotic. Jeff Probst said, hey, we'll cast you on the show if you get a little bit more personality. And he said he went and re- read a bunch of self-help books and came back with a, a better personality. Um, and it's just like, it's just, this guy is so odd that they're either going to edit him like nothing, a complete jerk, or a growth edit. I don't know how else you edit him. Hmm. He, in his bio, he compares himself to Yule, and that's the impression I got. Mm-hmm. So I think if he does win, it's like, Yule revisited. But he is way less social than you will. Like, he just doesn't, like... Huh. I think he's going to have a lot of trouble with the social side. And I think that's going to be his story. Like, he just seems to be that person who can't relate to people. But knows that. And he's cognizant of that. And I think that's going to be his story. Is, like, understanding or getting over that. Or, like... He could win, I think, and if he does, he'll look more like Yule, and he'll be successful early on in changing. But, like, yeah, it's hard for me to see it because he's so smart, but he has such an obvious drawback. Hmm. I guess he could kind of be, like, a Cochrane if he wins, like, in a really weird way where he's, a, like, just very aware of his faults. Like, 
not the self-deprecating kind, but he's like, people don't like me, but I don't need that. Like, if he, like, can kind of play that up a bit, I could see that being his kind of winner reel, but it's hard to say. I guess that's interesting that you say he knows his faults, like all these, like his roboticism and all that, because I don't get the impression that any of that was the case. So I don't know if he will be able to realize that. He meant in first one, he does mention a couple times, like he has trouble relating to people and like Jeff mentions it a bunch. It's, it's really hard to like, he's such a weird one where he is almost like, like they are hyping him up as a robot starting to play survivor with a IQ. That's a squiggle, whatever that means. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, I just read that, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> but he's someone who I, I'm kind of shocked was cast. I think he is in the JP playbook. He's the one who I think they expected JP to be a lot oh, better. Strange. Like, just kind of like an upstanding dude who has no real business. He also never. He yeah. thought Survivor was dumb. Uh, he applied for Amazing Race. Oh, interesting. Um, but he, in like two weeks watched every season multiple times i think like he like studied it like uh. like cram studied survivor and he like went to harvard or something like he'll be good in challenges like i feel like he'll make the merge or at least the swap but i don't really i can't really picture his story i don't know it's so we have such different perspectives i'm just interested to see what he looks like in that first episode and oh yeah like i'll sort of his first episode is so important <laughs> like yeah we'll see what character he's gonna be because I feel like he is that that question mark of the preseason. Yeah. So that moving on yeah. to Jenna Bowman, who twenty three, advertising account executive, Jenna Bowman, Jenna Jenna Maraska. Oh, this girl is Jen Brown? Jenna Longarms. Jenna Longarms. She seems funny on Twitter or Instagram and stuff, social media. Hmm. But like, she doesn't have a part. I have no idea how this girl got cast. She is dreadfully boring, like, <laughs> terrible. Like, like I really think if, like, we're co- comparing a bit, like, the casting methodology, they must have thought Ashley was going to be a hit. Because <laughs> I just, like, her hero is Shailene Woodley. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, her bio is so in opposition to how she comes off on camera. Like, she seems to not know who she is at all. Like, no awareness that people don't like her. Like, everyone is like, this girl seems like a bitch <laughs> preseason. Um, she apparently has a really bad resting bitch face, um, in quotation marks. Um, she doesn't know the game very well at all. Um, she says she used to watch when she was little, but her mom didn't like cable, so she didn't see a lot of the seasons. Like, she seems just like epitome of, like, she likes Ozzy. Hmm. I think I can see her... I brought up Jen Brown because I feel like she can be that big character with a lot of content, but... And it tricks you into thinking she's important, but not really. And I bring up Jenna Maraska because that's the vibe I get, and... If she wins, she's getting edited like Jenna Maraska somehow. Like, or Michelle or something. Like... It's, like... She's so weird. Like... We've said that, like, Jenna Maraska's edit can never happen again. And I think it's just more than that. I just don't think I can see Jenna Maraska as she was in the Amazon winning a modern season of Survivor. I agree. Like, so if if that's truly what Jenna Bowman is, I don't have high hopes. Yeah, like <laughs> her, 
and honestly, I think that's her best upside is that she's like Jenner Moraska and can like win challenges near the end and like really catch mm. people off guard. But like, I just don't know. To me, she's another first boot possibility. Like, I can't see her clicking well with people. A lot of people have negative views of her preseason. Um, like, I really have not much on her. Okay. Also, another person whose first episode is, I, I would say important, but, like, if she gets a lot of content, are we just going down the Jen Brown path? Or... If she gets a lot of content that's complex and, under like, reasonable, I think, like... To me, she's one of those people on Michelle Fitzgerald watch where it's like the more content this girl gets, the more likely she is to win. Because I think they could easily ignore her. Yeah. Um, and that's to me one of the pillars of Edgic is like, could they ignore this? I feel like Jenna Bowman is that like they just swept JP and Ashley under the rug for the entire season. I could. Yep. She's my prediction to have the fewest confessionals of the entire season. Hmm. I think maybe if Stephanie Gonzalez survives. That's another yeah, I possible. Agree. I, agree. I don't know. We'll see. She like she doesn't even like the worst part is Jenna Bowman seems like a nice person, like, like <laughs> a, just a nice kind of reasonable human being, like an average person. Like it just like yeah, like it, it, like you. I think you could see a kind of a casting methodology, and especially these these two like Triple H in this one, where it's like they're just grabbing at people who don't have the biggest personalities. Every now and then they're like maybe Lauren Rimmer will be a great character. She was. But then you also get maybe JP will be a great character and he was not. <laughs> so it's like, and you can tell they haven't learned the lessons of like which ones were good and which ones weren't. Yeah. And I think with this season, at first glance, it feels like a lot of them blend into one another. Yep. And kind of what made Lauren so good was that she stood out. She was not archetypical. Yes. To me, this reads so much like the casting methodology following Millennials vs. Gen X. And they're like, let's have Millennials too. Yeah, and throw some older people in there too, who have young hearts. Like none of the, hmm. none of the old like none of the older castaways are even like old souls or anything. <laughs> like they're like no. Like everyone has kind of like this like millennialish spirit. Like Brendan believed that one day he would make it to Survivor and win, and yeah, I feel like that's a common pattern. Oh yeah, we're talking about Jenna. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I think we talked Jenna enough. We'll see. Now into a more, much more interesting person. Oh yeah. Laurel Johnson, 29, financial consultant. What do you think about I think Laurel? There's a lot. I think she can go wrong very quickly. Easy. She has a cocky, overbearing streak in her. Mm -hmm. And if that comes out, she's toast early on. But I also think she can run this game. I think maybe she's my Kim. Really? Or if she, if she plays it right, she can be the Kim, but... It could go wrong so fast. To me, she seems like one of these people who's too good to play Survivor. Um, like, she is clearly a threat. She is cool. Like, she's, like, everyone just is, like, she's clearly a professional athlete. All preseason huh. people are, like, she's clearly, she's, like, six foot tall. Like, mm -hmm. like, she's one of the taller castaways, male or female. She's, like, buff. She's gonna kill these challenges. I think she has a bossy side. Definitely. But then again, I can totally see her winning. Like, she has so many, like, negatives that I could see being highlighted in the edit. And if any of them are highlighted, she's not winning. But yeah. they could also just completely glance over it and she's the triple threat who somehow they're letting near the end. Yes. I don't think she'll give the best confessionals. Uh, I feel like she could give really good confessionals. She seems like 
kind of interest. Like she seems interesting. She could definitely give good confessionals. I don't think she's going to be this breakout character though. She's another one in like the lying stuff because she lied to her boyfriend to prepare for the show. Mm-hmm. She just like told him little white lies and she said that she made it. So she was prepared for the show, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting because that sort of indicates that she really believes you have to lie yes. to win. Oh, and she's a super, super duper fan. Yep. Um, listens to Rob has a podcast like on paper. I feel like she might be one of the most capable players ever, but I feel like she's going to have to downplay that so hard. Like, yeah, I think her first episode honestly needs to be something like I'm clearly a threat. Um, or like I have, I went to some Ivy school, um, and I'm super athletic, but I'm going to have to tone that down in order to win or something like, like I'm super capable and obviously so, but I'm going to have to make myself look a little bad at the start. Like, she's really going to have to have, like, a story of downplaying her strengths, I think. Yep. And I think hiding behind whatever meat shields she can find. Yeah. Like, I think she's going to have a hard road despite being one of the more capable players I've ever seen, I think. Like. Yeah. Because she's just too obviously threatening. She's so smart. She's so physical. She's probably so social. Like, it's almost too much. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited for her, though. Oh, me too. I, like, I, I really... She's one of my favorites. Um, yeah. I think she could be... Like, if she wins, she's going to be one of my favorite winners ever. Like... Oh, for sure. Her story's going to be about just, like, being the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah. it's going to be the Michaela pre-merge, but with more content in the first two episodes and less mm-hmm. negativity, but more like the, like, how is this person so good? Like, like <laughs> just people marveling at her feet at how great she is. Um, yeah. But, she says she was almost originally cast on mm-hmm. MVGX. So I wonder if it was maybe, like, her versus Michaela for that spot. And I really, like, other than, like, the, like, super physical, smart, uh, like, I don't think they have much in common. Because Michaela's much more, like, sassy and, like, jokey. Like, she's funnier. Yeah. Like, I don't get the f- vibe that we're going to get a lot of funny confessionals from Laurel. Mm-hmm. She's going to be very serious, be, intense. It'll be more, like, Sophie-style humor. Yes, absolutely. It's not... It's not it's snarky, it's deadpan. Exactly. Like, very intellectual. Like, I could totally see... Sophie is a great example, actually. I think she could very much be like Sophie if she wants. Mm-hmm. Yes. A more controlling Sophie. Yes. Someone who's not at all like Sophie is uh, <laughs> Libby Vincek. Yeah. 24 years old, social media strategist. Doesn't watch Survivor. Christian, conservative, southern, blonde. So she's your winner pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh uh, how it's her story is going to be? How does Natalie White win if Russell Hans isn't there? Yeah, like <laughs> unless she's linking up with Dominic, and who's not on her tribe, and like unless Russell Hans is on Ghost Island and <laughs> gets pulled into the game, and even then I don't know if she beats Russell. <laughs> like, I just I don't her know. Her hero read... is Elizabeth Hasselback. Yes, I... which means she watched Australia at some point. Uh, I believe she watched it when she was a little kid. Yeah. And, like, kind of, like, in the, like, wow, I love Boston Robin Amber. They were great. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, very little knowledge. Um, I think it's one thing to like Elizabeth Fularski for what she was on Survivor the Australian Outback. To continue that adoration into 2018 is another story. Especially your, like, number one inspiration in life. Like... (laughs) I just, I have, mm. like, 
if she wasn't super in shape, I would have her on first boot capability. Um, I, to me, she just she wants- seems like bad Jessica from last season. Yes, I definitely got a Jessica vibe. And she wants to make, like, big moves and stuff. And we'll definitely need to see that. And, like, if we do see that, it's going to be such a shock that I think we'll be on high alert. Yeah, like, if she wins, what's her first episode? It's, like, (laughs) she's going to be such an obvious winner if she's the winner. Yeah. Because they're going to go, they're going to be having to justify themselves over and over that she deserves it. Like, like, she doesn't even, like, particularly come off particularly, like, reasonable, like, no, she's not she said, super well-spoken. Oh, I don't think I have that quote, but she, oh, I do have that quote. When it comes to politics, let's just say I'm a true Southern girl. So it's very indirect. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know. I don't even know. I feel like someone, someone who actually wants to make big moves would be like, yeah, I'm a Republican. Like, get yes. over it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I feel like she's very vulnerable to falling into a follower position. I'm not here to make friends as that's all she does the entire season kind of person. Yeah. I just, I don't even think she's going to make, like she's either making, not making merge or is like a boring first juror to me. Like, yeah, I can't imagine she's a big character. Could be wrong. Maybe. If she's a big character, she's it just sort of probably winning. Yeah. <laughs> like if she should, if she's shown honestly with like any game sense, I think she's uh, you're putting her on the board because she's not someone that production's gonna love unless she really hypes up the whole like I'm pretty and I know it like <laughs> yeah if they love her it's not for winning reasons I don't think yes like, it's for someone who like gets in trouble with people like Jacob or mm-hmm. Donathan or Laurel and she seems very she reminds me a lot of Figgy that's honestly yeah. what it is it's like but honestly like a little bit less capable than Figgy. Hmm. I don't know, like, little faith. Uh, she has a lot of faith, so... True, a lot of faith. And, uh, <laughs> like, I feel like she's on, like, a showman's alert big time. Like, Yes. She, and yeah. actually, in first one out, she mentioned she loved Figtails. Yeah, someone else was like, I don't want to be Figtails. And then she was definitely like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be the next Figtails. It's like, okay, and I feel like our next person is the most likely tailor for her. <laughs> Michael Yerger, an 18-year-old real estate agent. How do you even... Oh, right. I guess that makes more sense to be a real estate agent at 24. But, like, how do you be a real estate agent at 18? He actually is 18. I know. Yeah. It's wild. So this guy lies about his age. He plans to. We don't know if he will. No, but in his real life, he tells people he is 24 years old. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, like... His entire, like, that, he said that was the number one reason he was scared to come on Survivor, was that people in his real life would know he's 18. So, like, Cause he when is a he real graduated estate agent. high school yes, last year, he, no one was like, He just oh, finished high school, yes. I don't know. He finished I mean, high school yeah, early. lying about your age like that is, ugh. He says he does it because he's a real estate agent and he needs to, to get respect from clients. Okay, I get that. Like, I thought... It implied that he was, like, lying to, like, his friends and stuff. No, like, like, like in, a, on a, in a professional basis, all the people he works with, he says he is 24, has to, already has, like, has to keep up with that. Um, hmm. And he's planning on doing it on the island, too, because no one wants to give money to an 18-year-old. He's watched more Survivor than I thought. Um, I could see his bio. His bio was really, Boring? Like, not any words. Yeah. Like... 
one-line responses to everything. Like, he doesn't explain his three things, which are hot sauce, a boomerang, and Skittles, which I sure want explanation, but he doesn't. It's just those things listed, described as energetic, slick, and resilient. So, for me, with Michael, I think he could be a JP casting dud. I think he could easily be like, wow, a hot sauce boomerang Skittles, I'm so random, but really he's a normal, boring dude. Or, yeah, a normal 18-year-old. Yeah, like, like a normal kind of boring 18-year-old like Will who they'll ignore. Or yeah. he will actually be a really good player. And I think that's possible. Like, I could see him being a big character, cult type, or even like a yes. great player. Like, I feel like he has a lot of wiggle room. Yeah, I said I had a Cole coming up and it obviously isn't Stephanie. So, yeah, he's my Cole. Uh, Michael, haha. <laughs> Oh, uh, he he like definitely identified himself as hungry as one point. So oh, he could that's an off red flag. And yeah, I think it's tricky when you're that young. I would never want to go on Survivor and be 18 because mm-hmm. you're never going to win. But could he win at 24? Could he win at 24? I think it helps him if he gets to the end. What do you think he's going to do if he gets to the end? Is he going to? reveal that he's 18 no i don't think so yeah because i feel that that's very snide and like yeah because i think he's largely doing it to prevent the like them thinking he's juvenile because he says he's like an old soul but an old soul old soul for an 18 year old is only like 24 so (laughs) 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 he won't be using vinyl uh like ken um Hmm. and like that's the thing he seems social enough he seems smart enough yeah. He could be a lot like, um, uh, honestly, like a Hayden. Like, that mm. would be his upside, right? Like, if he's really capable. Like, I think that's very possible. Because he does, yeah. he knows the game well. He seems to have a decent knowledge for it. Decent, like, understanding of how to play and maneuver. But I could also see him getting into showmance with Libby and being, like, third boot. So, Yep. I think he's kind of, he's hitting a lot of places that aren't, a winner at it, mm-hmm. but I could also see him. Yeah, I could see him easily slide win. in there at the end. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then our final castaway, <laughs> Stephanie Johnson. Speaking of not first boot Laurel. Oh, but, oh, okay. A 34-year-old yoga instructor who also, like, designs her own clothes, does other stuff. We found I her love Debbie. Stephanie. We found her Debbie, honestly. You think she's going to be a Debbie? Yeah. I. I have a lot of faith in Stephanie. Tell me, give me the first one out pitch on why Stephanie isn't that great. Do you remember Katrina from last season? Yeah. She is like Katrina. Like, it's like this new age, like Zen, like think about the last boots or the first boots in the last couple seasons. Like Vetus annoys people by being like kind of in your face and all the yoga. And like, I feel like people don't like that stuff. And that is Stephanie mm. personified. Like, she's older. She seems weird. This <laughs> is a super young cast. I feel like millennials don't really like the weird, like, Zen person. It's just a good excuse to get rid of them. You can even justify it as, like, they won't even care that much. They've got things all wrapped up. Um, this, I would, like, I would be willing to bet a lot of money that this girl is not winning. Like, like... More than anybody else on this cast. Like, this girl is not winning, in my opinion. Yeah, 
I get that, but I also want to see the season that she does win with this cast and stuff. It would yeah, be awesome. she's super, super over the top. Like twice, she mentions that she designed I, or she has her her clothes for the season are just the craziest thing you've ever seen. Yo. Which they're they're out there, but yeah, it's. I think if she wins, she's not as over the top as she could be. This is yeah, like if. She will be such an easy winner to spot if somehow she wins. Yes. Because... She has she has a lot of good things going on in her personal life, like her kids, um, all the businesses she started. Yep. Like, those will be nice things to focus on if she is winning. And, like, they'll have to justify her in every way. Like, if she wins, she's a Bob, like, who just accidentally wins, I think. Like... She, she does do Iron Man's. It's true. She's in shape. So maybe she lasts longer than first because of that. But I feel like almost everyone on this cast is in shape. And the people who yes. aren't, I don't think are in huge danger. Like, like Jacob isn't in the best shape, but I don't think he would leave first because he's social. And Donathan might be in good shape or might not be. It's hard to tell. But, like... Yeah, I'm looking back through people and there's just not anyone. Like, Helen. But no, she says she goes to the gym, like sometimes a week yeah which is more than i go to the gym yeah more than i've gone ever really like (laughs) like the least athletic people on this season are nowhere near the kind of people we often get yeah um like despite being a triathlete she might be one of the more like justifiable to get rid of people Mm -hmm. i just i just think it's very. It's going to be very interesting with such a young cast, such a physically fit cast. How things are going to break down? Because mm-hmm. there's not obvious, as obvious things to pick on. Yeah, exactly. Like that's why I think like they're going to be looking for anybody who sticks out, especially in these ten person tribes. And yes. like this person, I'm sure is lovely, but like is definitely one of those people who has a shirt that says like "Why fit in when you can stand out." It's, like, neon green and pink, like, just, like, yep. she commands attention in every way, not positive attention. Like, I I don't feel like, like, I I will love watching her on TV, but I feel like if I was with her in real life, I would not like her. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely get that first boot vibe. If not, she might just go UTR until her first, or her boot. Or she, honestly, like, I think ideally she has debbie upside like ha- yeah. does some strategic things is better than people think i'm, pi- I'm picturing co-wrong debbie where she's like swimming backwards in her confessional being like i'm way smarter than these people think that think i am <laughs> uh orchestrating like the peter blind side and or whatever it was that she did uh i think it was the peter one um yeah but like kind of like like a little game knowledge and like has her kooky moments like i feel like the best showing she could be is like debbie and co-wrong where like she actually does have some game sense, and worst case is probably Debbie and uh, Game Changers. <laughs> I don't think she'll lean negative, though. No, she's. I feel like she's much more like the juggling, and it also seems like she's somebody who has had like a hundred jobs, like Debbie. Like that's true. So that's the Malolo tribe. So that's everyone. Yeah, that's everybody. Um, and yeah, I like. I think the Malolo tribe is just way more capable and interesting in general. Yeah, lots of very. They're all different. Mm-hmm people like you're libby and you're laurel you're like yeah it's hard to say where like alliances are really gonna form around like 
Yeah. A lot of these people seem to have a lot in common. Yeah. So if we segue into closing thoughts, I think an interesting thing was a lot of the girls talked about either flirting Mm -hmm. and using that or like working with other girls. Agreed. So I think there's a chance this season could lead into like big girl alliances, which never seem to work anywhere. Oh, they do work very well in Survivor. Big Brother's where they really get caught up, yep. but that's another podcast. <laughs> that's uh, another podcast. Yeah. We've seen in, like, One World and technically Vanuatu. Kind like, of game workers. Yeah. But it's really, like, how the flirting goes, how many actual showmances develop. And we do have a couple people actively seeking showmances. Like, Chris actively wants a showman's partner. Mm-hmm. So, um... Any girls who are looking to flirt with him that he finds attractive, he will probably do it. Like, that's his defining strategy coming in. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of, like, I don't know, like, the cool thing is a lot of these people know Survivor. Very few of them don't. Yes. Um, no one's blind, but, like, Libby and, um, I think Libby is the least informed on Survivor. Um, but overall, yeah, it's think. a pretty well-versed cast makes a lot of sense with the theme yeah the theme is another thing because i think the people who play into the advantage as well are probably also going far because they're going to want production is going to want to say look how great this theme was exactly like i feel like we're gonna get a lot of people talking about how spooky ghost island is and (laughs) uh that's gonna make it really hard similar to how millennials vs gen x i felt was really hard to educate at the start because it was like so focused on the theme and like mm-hmm. like Adam's first confessionals were like defying millennial stereotypes which to me sound sounds dumb and so like I didn't really factor in that it was actually good content if the producers think the theme's really cool like yeah I feel like there's gonna be a lot of like okay does this content about Ghost Island being scary is that complex or is that <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot of talk uh, of advantages yeah which I guess that's the era we're in. Yep. But turns out Survivor loved Game Changers, which, <laughs> <laughs> like my uh, the worst part of first put out for me was hearing that Jeff Probst's favorite moment of Game Changers was our advantage getting. Ah. Uh, like yeah, he that's... loved it. He said that was what he dreamed of. I'm like, oh no! Like that says a lot of danger for this season. I think for me. Yeah. The other thing, and I think it's kind of been maybe a bit disproven by what you said about first one out, but I felt like there are several like alpha male characters. Like you have Chris and James and Brendan and maybe Michael. They're all sort of up there and they might be jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be easy to see which ones are actually relevant. I agree. And which ones are the JPs. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of people that we've pegged as like maybe winner, maybe terrible. I feel like it'll be pretty clear in the first episode, especially with this two-hour premiere. We're probably going to get yeah. a decent look at a lot of these people and, like, who, who, what kind of character they are. Because the first episode is by far the most important because it clarifies the tone that is set for this character. And, like, yes. the go- like when if you can tell, like, okay, this person's going to be, like, super goofy or whatever, like, you can usually tell in the first episode. Um, and so I feel like it's going to, like, I feel like we'll have pretty good guesses after the first episode of this season where I wasn't so much in that boat last season. Yeah. Which, that wasn't bad. If it stays open, that's always a good thing. Yes. I mean, 
we'll be completely like off our rockers because we won't know anything, exactly. but it'll be interesting. Uh, any other closing thoughts? No, that's wonderful. Okay, so we do want to do some like predictions or bets. I don't think there's any real money on the line. All if the money, our money's different all the anyway. So, um, so for opening confessionals, who's going to get those ones where they're like coming in on the trucks or whatever vehicle? I think it's a boat this season. I think it's a boat. Um, I think I'm going to go with Jacob. Huh. I feel like that's too goofy to be the first one. Maybe. I feel like maybe an Angela. That's possible. I definitely think that's a- I think that will tie really well with the last season, sort of coming off the veteran winner and then starting out with the veteran, whether or not she's any good at all. Okay, my official answer, I'm going to say we're going to get like four. I'm going to go with... Yeah. For opening confessionals before the song, mm-hmm. before like, yeah, on the boat or whatever. Bradley. Yeah, I had Bradley written down. Chris. Uh, no, Dominic. I'm gonna go with Dominic. Yeah, that's a good one. Desiree. Yep. And someone from the other tribe. Uh, I don't know. Um, um, the four I had were Angela, Brendan, especially if it plays on that. I thought I'd come back when I was 40 and win. Yes, that's very possible. Here I am to do that. And then that's his winner quote. And he wins. And um, Kellen. I think if Kellen's going far, definitely for sure. And Desiree would be my four. Yeah, that's probably a good bet. Uh, I think Donathan has a chance too. Jacob has a chance. Oh, no. Jacob, they'll wait for Jacob for when they announce the theme. Like the super fans will wait till the theme, I think. Hmm. I feel like Stephanie will get a quote for the theme. Um. So then moving on to, like, the tribe confessional. So, like, if you're a healer and you're going to your beach with the big fire, it's the Rourke confessional. Exactly, the Rourke confessional award for her most likely winner. Um, (laughs) uh, So I feel like for Malolo, I'm going to go with Brendan Hmm. or Jacob, maybe. Why do you think that? Um, Because usually this person is the one who's going to be, like, looking at my tribe. I think I've got a good shot. There seems to be a lot of people um who have a similar mindset as me i think i'm gonna do well here or something like that like it's usually someone who's like gonna like give a kind of like clarifying like this is my position in it and they're like handshaking with everybody um and to me they feel like maybe jacob more than brendan i'm gonna go with jacob yeah i definitely see it as more of like this is our tribe and we're going to work well together i guess that works better for seasons where there are definite themes around Mm -hmm. the tribe but I gave it, on Malolo, I gave it to Laurel or Stephanie. Mm, which I guess Laurel. Laurel now seems like too much of a threat. I might revise that because, like, that's a really weird confessional to give Laurel. Yeah. Often this person does much, go far, whoever gives it on both sides. Yeah. I think if whoever gets this confessional tends to not get a lot of content for the rest of the episode, I think. Mm-hmm. It's an important So one. Laurel not getting more content would be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stephanie, I think especially if Stephanie is the first boot, it's a nice irony. I agree. I agree. I could see. I could see her at least being. S- yeah, maybe first, and then everyone's like, she's like, I really like my tribe, and then every- you get the do 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 do, like the goofy music, <laughs> and it's like, uh, someone being like, man, I really like my tribe except for her. <laughs> <laughs> and then on uh, uh, Naviti, I feel like I feel like Wendell is getting that, like. Ooh, that might be a good guess. It's not someone I had considered, but I had totally 
weird opinions about him. I have Bradley and Kellen, which I realize they also said for opening confessionals. Yeah, but... like, I feel like all, we have the similar view of who's going to get this early content. It's just like, yeah. I feel like Wendell's going to get the, like, especially if this tribe does really well or something, and he's playing the calm game, can totally see him getting, like, the calm, charming confessional. Like, I'm making sure that I'm introducing myself to everybody, and they're going to underestimate me. I'm introducing myself as a furniture company owner, but I'm going to keep the fact that I went to law school secret. Like, hmm. I could see that easy being the handshake yeah. confessional. So I'm going to go with Wendell for Navidi. Okay. I think if I had to pick one, probably Kellen. Okay. So Ke- uh, Kellen can... is very visible in your... Uh... Yeah. I would love that. I hope she's very visible. Yeah. Who's going to get the most confessionals this first episode? Desiree. Desiree. I think that's that's an interesting choice. Oh, no, wait. I'm going to go with... Uh... You've got, like, Dominic. Do- it's, um, so I think it's Desiree, Dominic, or Jacob, or Stephanie. Brendan's up there. Stephanie's up there. <laughs> if Stephanie's the first Laurel. boot, I can see her getting a Zane-style, like, crazy yeah. first boot. Yeah, because the thing with Stephanie is also a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Like, in her bio, she says, Because every day for the past ten years, I have looked at a sticker on my mirror, Outwit, Outlast, Outplay, Survivor. <laughs> That's crazy. So... I could even see, like, a like nice parallel between the, if they mentioned that Brendan's wanted this and knew that one day he would be there in Stephanie and, like, Brendan just shown positively for it and Stephanie shown negatively. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, the difference in fandom kind of thing. Um, I think that's very possible. But, yeah, I'm going to go with, I think, I don't know if they're, Jacob's going to be your – Jacob could easy be David Wright just soaking up content. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Jacob. I think – uh, there's, I just kind of want to pick safe and go with like Brendan or Dominic. Like I, would, I really I, want I Stephanie. There, if, like this, I think Brendan could and, very possibly just be kind of quiet. That's true. Just gets enough, right? Like, yeah. We shall see. Um, first boot. Who's it gonna be? Stephanie. <sighs> I wrote a Stephanie because I think it's Gonzalez gonna be a Stephanie. Or Stephanie. Yeah. The Gonzalez is going to be unnecessary episode two is, I feel like, a good bet. Yeah, I think that's probably just something you can, like, talk about is, like, how two people having the same name is kind of a hindrance because mm-hmm. it's confusing. Like, your Purple Kelly and your Kelly B. Exactly. Like, one of them's going to get ignored. Yeah. Especially if they look similar, which these ones don't, but... Um, so, yeah, that would be for Malolo, I guess. What do you think about Navidi? First boot for Navidi. Hmm. Angela. Yeah, I thought about Angela. I don't see anyone else really leaving here. Maybe Chelsea. I don't see Chelsea, like, getting into a dire enough straits that they would vote her out first. From what you said about Chris. He could be first. I could see a revolt against him. I had Morgan down. I don't know if I believe that anymore. Could be. She could be way more kooky than we think. (laughs) I kind of think it's... This tribe is winning the first immunity, but I don't know. I don't know. The question is, like, Chris is safe if he's by far the most athletic and they're not very athletic. Yeah. But their tribe's pretty athletic. Like, they might not need him, so that might not even matter. Yeah, I think that'll be an interesting consideration because everyone is athletic, mm-hmm. so. I could see Brad leaving first, to be honest. Like Bradley. Yeah, like Cameron yeah, from Big Brother. Exactly, Brad. or um, like, I could easily see him, like, David Samsoning, like, just kind of weirdly overplaying yeah i don't know i'm gonna go on this side i'm gonna go with angela because she just seems like the right first boot yeah dominic could totally be the first boot 
No, I don't think Dominic. It's possible. Especially if they're really, like, promoting him. True. I don't know. I'm going to go with Angelo. I can't really see anybody else being first booth. Okay. I don't have any more on my list. I don't know if you wanted to bet on anything else or um no i think that's i think it's golden like that's wonderful uh overall do you think this cat like do you think this is gonna be a good season a bad season i think the cast looks really colorful Mm -hmm. there's i there's a lot of potential like there was for triple h i agree where you had a lot of people with different stories i think i like this cast a little bit less than i liked triple h at this point huh and then i didn't actually like triple h as a season so I don't know. I'm very, I'm very excited. Me too. I'm nervously excited. There's lots of, it's a 20 player season. So it makes me really nervous because there's so much potential to ignore people. And after like reading all these, it's just, I don't want a lot of these people to be ignored. But I do think we've correctly pegged a lot of people who could easily be ignored. Like, like I think there's a a number on each tribe where like they'll be ignored and I'll get it. Yeah. So we're not disappointed. So that's the thing is like, I, j- I personally prefer 20-player seasons. Um, I like 10-person tribes. They're big. I like, I'm like i a big strategy nerd, so I do like having a lot of wiggle room and sp- places to hide and stuff like that. Um, and it's going to be a two-tribe, like, two tribes at the start I find way more interesting than three tribes at the start. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more going on with three tribes. It's more interesting to me. But we always say we like different things. Oh, yeah. We hardcore like different things. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, I don't know. I think that's why I'm super optimistic. Uh, my biggest worries are honestly just the twist itself. Yeah. Um, yep. With the known this, final four challenge yep, and like, all these. This could easily yeah. be a good theme or the worst theme ever. I think yeah. it's easily either. Like, there's totally a yeah. world where they just don't shut up about Ghost Island. And I'm excited to see the implementation of it. Yes. If it'll be like Exile Island style or like. I hope for no randomness. I worry for randomness. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. I'm hopeful. I like a lot of them. I don't love a lot of them, though. I think. Like, I don't think I have anyone who I'm like, I can't wait for them to win or whatever. Like, That's just like Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, Gonzalez. I don't know. I'm excited to see them, but I don't know if there's anyone I super love preseason on any season. Oh, like, I loved Chrissy preseason last season. Like, I was like, mm. lock it in. Chrissy's the winner. She's going to be the best winner of all time. <laughs> Everyone's going to love her. She's going to be the first mom who doesn't have to deal with the mom stereotype and all that. And <laughs> dead wrong. Dead wrong. Uh, okay, we should probably wrap it up. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we, I don't think we have anything to, like, plug right now. No. If you found us, congratulations, because I don't know where we are. Maybe we'll be on like iTunes and then you can give us reviews yeah, like every know other podcast. Works, so uh, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Hopefully. But until recorded. then, we'll be back. Yeah. Are we planning on like, releasing episodes on any day or? I'm assuming not too close to the date when it comes out. Like pro- I'm thinking like a Saturday or something. Um, Cause I know like, yeah. on, on unspoiled, like they post the transcripts of all the confessionals and I feel like that will be very useful. Yep. So yeah, uh, probably after whatever that person does though. Sounds good. Sweet. All right. See you, Joe. Yep. Bye.